Grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is from the 10th chapter of St. John. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. This is our text. Your friends in our Lord Jesus. For sheep, doors are critical. For one thing, they keep in those things that should stay in, and they keep out those things that should stay out. So it's awfully easy to see why, for the good of the sheep, doors are so crucial. But they are because sheep are sheep. They go astray. And not just periodically, it's their usual and their natural tendency and habit to do so. They're famous for it. Famously, or, or maybe even infamously, sheep will wander away from the security and the safety and the sustenance that's assured them in the fold by the shepherd. Of course, for sheep, it's dangerous wandering off. Because besides their natural and wayward tendencies, sheep by nature also, they're relatively defenseless creatures. Have you thought about that? They're not especially fast or evasive. They're not unusually clever. In fact, sheep are rather known for their seeming lack of intelligence. They're not strong, are they? They're not vicious in defense. They are indeed no match, especially all alone, no match for the beasts that prey on aimless and helpless sheep. It's easy to see why sheep are in constant need of care and supervision and doors. Given the nature of sheep, it's, it's easy to see why the Lord throughout the scripture compares you and me to, to sheep. Naturally, we tend to go wayward too, don't we? Whether it's because we're discontent with the present pastures of life and looking elsewhere, in other places that we think we might find greener grass, or because we're simply aimless in our wandering, knowing not really where we're going, caring even less. Whatever the particular reason, the general truth of Scripture remains, all we like sheep have gone astray. Astray from God. In fact, in our epistle reading today, our second reading for the day, Peter, Peter uses a very significant grammatical device. When paraphrasing Isaiah there, he uses a verb tense that's used to drive home the habitual and the customary nature of, of doing something. So to say, you were as sheep, he writes, regularly and habitually going astray. And that statement says a lot. Sure, it says a lot about the nature of sheep. It says more, though, I think, about you and me and our natural and habitual tendency. We wander. It's well worth noting, though, that sometimes when we wander, it is off on our own. And Scripture says as much, all we like sheep have gone astray. Isaiah adds each one to his own way. And Isaiah's right, isn't he? Often we go off in our own waywardness alone. We think that we know the way, we know it best. It starts even from a young age. Consider, consider our little lambs of infancy, how they grow up and and they grow older and enter into high school, into college, and into the wide, wide world, a world that encourages trailblazing, especially in things spiritual, a world that does all within its power to diminish 
in fresh young minds the importance of staying within the fold, wherein God locates security and spiritual safety and, and sustenance. Perhaps you yourself are aware of those, all the predatory dangers for wandering sheep. Maybe you've learned in your years, maybe you've learned the hard way how far off we can wander when we wander off. Maybe a week or two break from church turned into years. Maybe even decades away from the weekly care and the replenishing sustenance that our Lord here provides for us weekly in the divine service. Maybe it wasn't the unintended, but maybe the deliberate attempt it was to go, to go your own way. Having been led, or rather probably misled, into believing that you're the, the shepherd of your own life. Then again, perhaps this is maybe exactly where you find yourself today. Far afield, having wandered long and having wandered far away from the green grass of home. All we like sheep have gone astray, some this way, some that way. Sometimes, though, sometimes we go wayward, and when we do, we go not each one in a different direction, though, but we wander as a group, and we each go astray together. Reminds me of a small flock of sheep I once saw at the Indiana Highland Games. Scottish festival held every year on the campus of, of the seminary in Fort Wayne. Festival celebrating Scottish culture through the native dress and the dance, the food, the arts and crafts. Undoubtedly, you've been to some of these, these festivals yourself. This one had bagpiper brigades, traditional outdoor Scottish games like caber tossing, telephone pole throwing. This one also had sheep herding demonstrations, and I was most intrigued, fascinated by these, but I was intrigued by watching the sheep because, well, sometimes they did wander off individually, one over here by itself, one over there by itself. At other times, especially when it heard the bark of the dog, the sheep would, in surprisingly tight formation, they'd scatter together as a group, scattering this way as a unit racing this way quickly, and then all of a sudden as a group turning that way, this way and then that way, aimless, it's, it would seem, and astray, but yet wandering as a group. Fascinating to watch, but a good reminder, too, it was of, of our tendency at times to wander in flocks. With a herd-like mentality and misguided by our, our sinful impulses and instincts to wander, sometimes we'll each go our own direction together, though God's Sheep going this way, then suddenly changing course and going that way, and chasing doctrines and, and chasing practices that don't have their roots in his pastures green. It's a wandering problem near as old as God's people. Habitually, it, it is, it seems, wandering into the confessions and the beliefs and the practices of those among whom they lived. The Canaanites, perhaps, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, endlessly God's people wandering into other confessions and neighboring pastures. Have things changed very much? Or does God's assessment spoken once to Jeremiah long ago, does it still hold true today? He said, my people have been lost sheep. They have gone from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. Wayward tending and 
and defenseless as we sheep can be, it's easy to see why doors, for all that they keep in and all that they keep out, it's easy to see why doors are so crucial. Of course, they're necessary too for another reason, and, and that means, and that reason is access. Doors are access, aren't they, to the shepherd's fold? Access, protection, doors are indeed important. Certain tourists, once visiting the Syrian countryside, certainly knew this multidimensional importance of, of doors for sheep and for the fold. They were both access and protection. One evening, the tourist in the Syrian countryside, the tourist observed a certain shepherd. And he observed with much interest how this certain Syrian shepherd drove all of his sheep into, into the sheepfold. I was often... They, rather, they are often constructed now, even as they were for many years, as stone wall, an enclosing stone wall. There's one entrance, but one entrance to the fold. But the tourists noticed that on the opening there was neither door nor gate, and it puzzled him. It troubled him a bit, too, because he knew the nature of sheep. Knew the kind of animals that sheep tended to be, and so he remarked to the shepherd, he said, It's a fine fold you have here. The walls are high and they're, they're strong. But he said, I couldn't help but notice that there's no door on the opening. Can't all the wild beasts that roam these hills get in there? No, answered the shepherd. No, because I am the door. And then he went on to explain it. He said, you see, when the sheep are in for the night, I lie down in that doorway. No sheep can get out except over my body and no wolf and thief can get in. You have to come through me first. Truly, truly, saith your shepherd, I am the door for the sheep. I alone, he says, am the protection. I alone am the access, says Christ Jesus, to the Father's fold. That's not a very popular thing to say. It wasn't very popular when Christ first said it. Still isn't in our day. You know well that in our day you hear the voices of talk show host and denominational religious leader, politician, cultural talking head alike, all declare to you that there are many doors, that there are many ways into the one eternal fold of God. You hear these voices, but they make you feel uncomfortable. Well, they should, because they're not the voice of your shepherd. Familiar to you and trustworthy is the voice of him who's been your shepherd ever since baptism's quiet waters. Don't listen to the unfamiliar voices. Your shepherd's tone is very clear. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, Peter echoed the familiar tone in his preaching and his writing. You remember he said there's no salvation. There's salvation in none other than in Jesus Christ, for there's no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. It's why John wrote what he did, saying these things are written at the end of his gospel account. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
why you heard Christ say what he did today. I am the door. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Friends, whether it brings sheep in or keeps them from wandering out into the other confessions and pastures, it's crucial to note this about that one door. The one and only door to this fold is clearly cross-shaped. You see, the way, the door, the way bears the shape of the truth. That on the cross, the shepherd, Christ Jesus, died for sheep who love to wander. He laid down his life for you. That's how he went out, like your bulletin cover beautifully depicts. That's how he went out to retrieve you wherever you had wandered. He laid down his life for you. And all of his work alone, it puts you right before God and puts you back into the fold. His cross-flung arms extended out to retrieve you. So you see the way it's cross-shaped. The way bears the shape of the truth. And trusting in that cross-shaped truth, that alone brings life. And Peter knew that. And so, charged by the risen Lord with feeding his sheep, those feeding words of his that he delivered could be none other than words cross-shaped. Words shaped by and words in the shape of the cross. So we heard him today declare it to us in his epistle. The same words, cross-shaped words, delivered not only to those already in the fold, but words, too, given also through which countless Christians through, through the generations would come into the fold by faith. Cross-shaped words. Remember what he wrote? He said, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That's cross-shaped. That we, being dead to sin, might live unto righteousness. For you were like sheep going astray, he said, but now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. The clear confession of Christ crucified is what brings sheep in. It's what keeps them in. Keeps them in the fold. My friends, today the shepherd's voice has drawn you. Again, as it were, into the fold here. And here you're assembled, here you sit. In this place, as we look around, I suppose we too have high stone walls. Walls high and strong. And if you noticed, we all entered through the one door, didn't we? We entered through the one door, and as you entered through that door in the back, you were met as you are each and every time that you enter here into this place. You, you were met by that same stained glass image in the back of him who is the door for the sheep, Christ Jesus. And each and every time you enter in here and you notice, you notice him greeting you with those nail-pierced hands outstretched in welcome. And underneath are these words, Come unto me. Come unto me, all that labor, all of you who are weary, come unto me. Are you weary? Have wanderings left you worn? Here then, through him, here you'll find pasture. 
Here then, safely graze on the fresh and the tender word of your sins forgiven. In Christ Jesus, here then, find rest for all your troubled hearts. Find rest by those quiet baptismal waters where he first told you that I will be with you. Even though and when you do enter through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. Here does he prepare table for you in the presence of all the world around you, your sins that you come here week after week seeking sanctuary from. Right here through these things does he restore your soul. Indeed, dear friends, dear people of his pasture, this is your resting place. This is your pasture. Here and wherever Christ-shaped forgiveness and salvation is found in preaching and sacrament to be as bountifully and freely supplied as the grazing grass of endless hillsides. He said, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus said. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will find pasture. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.